This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Hey friends and welcome back to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith or as we love to call it, the it's... show that... Oh, I was about to say it. I know. I was just on a roll. Well, I was like, what is... <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I wasn't. Is it a I was, Monday? I, it feels like it to me. I was just on a roll. Linda, what is it called? Thank you. It's the show that helps you grow. Sorry, you were just so excited. I was. I know. I'm Jason. This is Linda, and we're in the spiritual growth team here at Saddleback Church. Today, we are joined by our good friend, Megan Greider. Megan, how are you doing? I'm so good. I'm good. Thank you. Megan uh, oversees Celebrate Recovery at Saddleback Lake Forest, and today, we asked Megan to join us to talk about another very fun topic. Last time it was confession. This time it's boundaries. I so get we're all just the good ones. Yes, right? she so, <laughs> so thankful for your willingness to jump in with us. In last week's episode, um, I got to have a conversation with Henry Cloud on his new book, Trust. Henry Cloud and John Townsend wrote uh, the book Boundaries many years ago, which has become like an incredibly well-known popular book over the last few decades. And so today we wanted to have a a conversation on boundaries, specifically how it relates to our relational health. So if you did not listen to last week's uh, conversation with Henry Cloud on trust, go back and listen to that. We talk a little bit about boundaries in that episode too. And then this one is more specifically uh, about the boundaries topic. So Megan, let's kind of set the scene yes. a little bit for our listeners. What is a boundary? Let's just start there. And how should we think about them in terms of our relational health. Yeah, so if you think about boundaries just in general, just what they are in the world, right? So they're either visible or invisible markers of mm -hmm. where a person can go or can't go. So they're either protecting what's inside or mm -hmm. they're defining and creating a safe space. So if you think about the fact that we have boundary lines for properties and boundary mm -hmm. lines, um, I mean, our countries have mm -hmm. demarcations of, yeah. of who belongs where in terms of what is mine to own and what mm. is yours to own. So Dr. Allison Cook puts it perfectly. She says, I belong to me and you belong to you. So in the concept of relationship, boundaries mm. within relationship, mm -hmm. it's what is mine to focus on, what is yours to focus on, and if there's any confusion in that space, in life, in relationships, in conversations, mm -hmm. that's where we usually will need to define what those boundary lines are. So what's okay? What is not okay? How do we talk about that? Why is it not okay? And I think that's, you know, as we're setting up talking about boundaries, it can, it can really have this like, I have boundaries and this is what it yeah. looks like and don't step over or it's, I have no boundaries and I just love like Jesus loved. And, right. you know, we can have, we can have some really, um, wrong theology around sure. boundaries and what, and what God wants for us in our relationships. So really what this is doing is that boundaries aren't saying no, it's not, my boundary is not say, I'm saying no to you. Mm. My boundary is I'm saying yes to health. So we look at it as, no, I'm putting down the law and here's my relational boundary. You cannot do this. That is actually not necessarily a boundary. A boundary is saying, I need to do this. Therefore, this is not okay. So mm. I need space to 
freely express myself. Therefore, this behavior is not okay. So we look at it, no, and really it's just a yes. No, I, I think it helps to reframe that. Some people get maybe concerned about the negative side of boundaries or that it's, that it's hurting or hindering relationships to be, to be putting up these boundaries. But when you reframe it as that it's just a yes, but it's yes focused in a different way. Right. I think that can kind of help people start to accept that boundaries are healthy and so yes. what you're saying yes to is a healthier respect for your own needs and for what is going to help the relationship thrive better, which we'll get to. I don't want to jump ahead. I know, but that's a ahead, perfect but... way of saying that because it's a mutual consideration, right? Yeah. So a boundary isn't just what I think for me. A boundary is is our hope is to have a respectful mutual relationship that is beneficial for both and boundaries yeah. will help do that. So it's not just my boundaries are all about me. Boundaries yeah. are really about us living in community with one another, living in relationship with one another um, in a way that is beneficial, mm -hmm. maybe not always comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing that's, is yeah, that's we, we think harmony should be comfortable. Harmony is not always comfortable. Right. Sometimes you have to lean in and figure out how do we get harmonized? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you can have an atonal harmony and it sounds right. off, but yes. it really does right. work. It yeah, exactly. Yeah. And musical theater people right and here talk about yeah, yeah. atonal yeah. harmony. <laughs> this is early in the conversation. This is good. And as I was thinking about boundaries, I was thinking, you know, some of us grew up with a theology that it was like, following Jesus is about self-sacrifice and about dying to yourself. And so boundaries felt like, are we even allowed to do that? Am I even allowed to tell you what I need? Because maybe that's imposing myself on you in a way that, that is hard for you. You know what I mean? Right, the right, sense of right. like, does it go against, you know, I think there's this sense of like, it goes against our call. We just need to love people right. and we just need to accept them and we right. just need to do whatever it is that they need. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about that? Well, and I think there's there's two places that we can land that help unpack that. The first is in Galatians when it talks about we need to carry, I need to carry my own load, but I can help you. I must carry your burdens. Mm. So the difference between the load and the burden, I think is really important for our boundary lines and understanding that yes, we are here to serve one another. We are here to die to self. God calls us to that, but understanding what that is. Yeah. And sometimes I think- we want to define love in a way that's comfortable for me mm. because I want love to feel good and look pretty. And I certainly want to look good loving other people when really that's not, I mean, love, love calls us to hard things sometimes. So um, when I look at boundary lines, um, especially for a person, you know, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. I struggle with codependency, which is an addiction to people and what they think of me. Boundaries are hard. Yeah. I want to do, I want to, I want to be a person who loves Jesus and I want to do it correctly. And so I got really confused about if someone is struggling consistently, you know, when do I lean in and help? Right. And um, it was really helpful for me to kind of unpack those definitions of a load and a burden. So a load is like my daily load. You guys, you're yeah. not in my house. You can't come in and help me with my load. And it is it is a very unique load with two sons with special needs. And we've mm -hmm. had a unique mm -hmm. journey, my husband and I and our family. But the dailiness of that load, nobody can really come in and make that better for me. 
Yeah. Right. That's, I bring my load to the foot of the cross. I right. bring, I get my strength from my savior. Now we've had times where we've had really significant medical issues mm-hmm. with our boys where it has been overwhelming and life was more of a crisis. That's a burden, right? Oh. So, so people coming alongside to help us in that burden, that's, you know, we don't need a boundary line saying, no, we don't, we don't yeah. need your help or want your help or people are saying you just, you know, we're, we're going to have a boundary here. Griders, we're not going to help you. And so I think it's really important to understand not just how am I helping, but Mm -hmm. why am I helping? Because yeah, that's significant. Yes. We're called to love and serve one another, but I can look like I'm loving and serving and really I am doing it out of selfishness because Mm -hmm. your pain is making me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make it better. And I think something else that is really misunderstood is, you know, we're called um, Matthew. I mean, Jesus tells us in Matthew to turn the other cheek, right? So so turn the other cheek. But I didn't know just historically, culturally what that meant. So when you got slapped Mm -hmm. with one cheek, it was really a a form of subjugation. It was saying that this person is not even worthy of my time. Yeah. So when when, when they are called to turn the other cheek, it actually was saying from strength, I'm not going to hit you back. You know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. hit you back because I'm not called to do that. But yeah. I am also not diminishing this situation yeah. or not claiming my strength. I'm going to turn the other cheek to show you that I am strong mm-hmm. and that I know what's happening and what's going on. So I think understanding that, not just like, yes, let people walk all over right. you. Let people do, um, you know, you just must do everything for everyone. And, and I think that can be a confusing message within the church because we can distort God's call on our life to love others, mm-hmm. right, and to love others sacrificially. And we can pervert that into, oh, I know how to love others. I know what this means. I'm going to define it and really create moments where we're other people's saviors mm-hmm. instead of sitting with people in painful or not fixing things for people or not going into relationships mm-hmm. that we shouldn't be in, in because that's sometimes love is, is keeping our distance. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we determine what boundaries we need? What, what like we can kind of, I, I, I I imagine people are listening and they can, they, I'm sure are agreeing with everything that you said, because everything that you said rings with so much truth. And so the the question then I'm sure comes up for people is what kind of boundaries do I need to set? Are there areas, how can I tell the areas of my life that I need to focus in and think this way about? I think, I think that's the question. Therein lies the biggest question. And I think for the, the, the lens that I like to look at is, is this, in this relationship, is this discomfort or is this dysfunction? Because mm-hmm. there are times within a relationship where there is conflict and it is uncomfortable and we have feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Discomfort, sometimes that that's just, we. it's not a boundary needs to be laid. It's a conversation or multiple conversations need to be had. Mm-hmm. Dysfunction is habitual patterns of conduct or ways of speaking with one another that ca- that are causing damage, making mm-hmm. our lives unmanageable. And so there are certain relationships um, that I have witnessed, that I have experienced, where it was difficult for me to consistently love a person without um, profound resentment and bitterness, mm-hmm. without a boundary. Mm-hmm. And and that was me saying, it, it, is, it hurts me 
when this when this is crossed into either my my personal life, you know, coming into what my life is and I don't want that person speaking into it or there are deep hurts that I have and certain personalities are not healthy for me to be in constant contact with mm-hmm. because of those hurts. And so to look and see what is dysfunctional, meaning what is a habitual pattern that is causing pain, either that I am perpetuating or in this relationship that people are perpetuating with me, or what's a, what's a consistent even behavior. If we look at behavior as a, as opposed to personhood, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if I look at, I know there are certain things that are not going to ever be okay for me. And those boundary lines are very clear for me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm happy to explain them and lay them out and let people know when they've stepped over those. And Mm -hmm. that I know that they're not good because I know how I feel. If it's, Mm -hmm. if it's creating distance, in not just my relationship with others, but my relationship with God. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's it's an opportunity to really be thinking about the things that make you uncomfortable or, or having those conversations. If there's there something that you start to question, you start to it starts gnawing at you, you can't get rid of thinking about it, that something bothered you. And you can have those conversations even with somebody else and you don't have to name names, but you can, you know, just say, Hey, I, I had this, I had this thing come up, this issue. It's really been gnawing at me. Is this an area that you think would be a good opportunity to set a boundary or is it just something I'm over overseeing or overthinking about? And you can process through that with somebody that you trust. And it, again, not to gossip or to slander, no, but you're just using counsel. Yeah. I mean, there's times where I will ask for that. I don't need to name names. I sometimes don't even need to say what the situation is. Yeah. I can say how I'm feeling yeah. about behavior, right? I don't. And, and to go to a trusted friend, a trusted professional. I think that, um, my experience in recovery has shown that initially, um, like goes to like, so broken can really be attracted to broken. Yeah. And this is where we can get into those kind of codependent relationships that actually need boundary lines. We can we can be looking at the same thing and or doing the same thing and also not be good for one another. And so I just I think I think the key point, Jason, of what you just said, which is such a good thing to say, is safe counsel, appropriate counsel for sure. Yeah. And I think there's I think that there can be a tendency to be afraid that by setting a boundary, you are going to put somebody off or that they are not going to like want to be in a relationship. They might back away or whatever, but at the same time, it is an opportunity to bring that person into relationship with you in a better way and be able to talk it through and even to have that a deeper sense of trust that you can trust that you can share this boundary with this person and that there's an opportunity to even have a deeper relationship because a boundary does not mean that the relationship is going to be worse off. If ultimately the goal is that it will the be goal better. Is that it would be better. <laughs> I mean, it's the difference between night be, between being nice and being kind. Right. Yeah. So I think in cultural Christianity mm-hmm. where we, we, we think we need to be nice to one another when I believe that it is kind to have the, hard conversations to be clear is to be kind. And so, because if someone's stepping all over my boundary lines, even if I'm acting nice, I have feelings that are real on the inside of me that I'm not unpacking because I don't want them to be mad at me or I don't want them to be upset. Mm -hmm. When sometimes 
we're called to that. We're called to feel our feelings. They don't, they, they don't need to rule us, but we're called to feel our feelings. So I think a lot of times lack of boundaries is, is actually where we feel like boundaries is a point of control. The opposite is true. Boundaries help release control. It yeah. is it is controlling not to have boundaries because you've got all these secret things in your mind, all these secret rules in your mind of what they can or they can't do. And everything's fine and you're smiling when on the inside you're having relational devastation because yeah. we're hurting one another. And so I think that it's, you know, it is, it's hard, it's complicated because it can get distorted on either side of the equation. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering at this point, we've talked a lot about what they are, but I'm just wondering, can we identify like what an example of boundaries could be? Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking like if, if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, okay, I hear what you're saying, but what would be a relational boundary that somebody might put in place? What could that be? Well, I will, it's, it's, it's a specific example that seems a little bit extreme, but I will, um, and this isn't in one relationship. This is in multiple relationships. I don't do well with yelling. I, I don't, okay. I don't do, okay. I don't do well with yelling. I, it's, it's family of origin stuff. I will shut down. And so there are times where I've had experiences both professionally and personally, where that is someone's way of communicating. They're, they might not even be mad. They're just yellers. <laughs> and I have mm. needed to say, I, I want to respect the passion that you want to talk to me, but I need you to know that when you start yelling, I completely shut down. So that also, that's an I, me statement too, right? Mm -hmm. This is what happens to me. And, um, there have been times where that was, you know, and I would say when we're having conversations like this, when we're trying to work something out, how can we do it so that I'm not shut down, but you're able to express yourself? What does that look like? So So that's a boundary. And then there's been times where I, where I will say, I'm stopping this conversation Mm. because we're, I can't be yelled at like this. So when you have calmed down, we will continue to have this conversation and I'm going to ask you to either leave my office or we're going to end the conversation or whatever that looks like. And so sometimes it is something that's talked about ahead of time. Sometimes I I, I need to say it in the moment of this is, and maybe that boundary line isn't there every single time. Interesting. So this is such a complex, this is like a 10 podcast series (laughs) for real, but that that's an example. So when you feel a trigger, I'm just trying to think about like, as we, as we're talking about this and somebody's listening, it's like, okay, when I feel a trigger or when I kind of what you started mm-hmm. talking about before, where it's, you're aware of your own feelings and your own responses and you begin to say, okay, every time this happens, I have this feeling. So I need to, to set a space and recognize that. And then in the relationships that I have, I need to be able to identify it for people right? so that they can love me better. Yeah. And I can love them better. I mean, a a perfect example is I'm sure we all have that one friend who is our friend that comes to us for all the things that, that, that we are their source of support and encouragement. And, and I've had seasons in my life where that has been not a problem for me. Mm -hmm. And I've had seasons in my life where I barely can get through my daily things (laughs) that I can't be on the phone with someone for an hour. And so what has been very helpful for me in those seasons is to be able to, I like to call it front load the conversation, Mm. right? I I, I saw your text. I know you want to talk. I have 20 minutes now. Is that going to be enough for you? Mm. Or I, I really, you know, 
I love chatting with you or getting together with you, but I can only do it once a fill in the blank. Mm. And so we, I think there's, there's different levels of boundary setting that we need in our life and understanding. I think people, the one thing I will say this, I think people confuse it and they, they think of their boundaries first. Mm-hmm. And what I think we need to do is do the, the introspection first. Mm. So I understand what is upsetting me, what, you know, why I'm responding and reacting the way that I do. I don't send a boundary without doing introspection, without mm-hmm. looking and doing self-examination of the why behind that boundary, because a boundary for a boundary's sake is not healthy. Yeah. That's control. Mm. Oh, but if I know why I'm, I'm setting this boundary because this, this is my response when I get yelled at, or I'm setting this boundary because I don't want to start resenting a friend who is in need. So yeah. I need to tell her what I can do ahead of time. I liked, and I, I don't want to skip over it too much. I want to be able to make sure it gets its point is that you can, uh, I should say that boundaries are more nuanced. You don't like, you, you don't need to have a rigid set of boundaries. This is this is the only way that I consider boundaries. This is the same boundary for every single relationship that I have. Now, there might be some boundaries that that encapsulate all of your different relationships, but more likely, it's certain people have different boundaries for certain ways, and that's fine. Yes, and that there are different ways to approach boundaries too. That you can have boundaries that are. Um, preset is you can mm-hmm. tell in advance mm-hmm. or you can set boundaries in the moment right and both are fine and right. i think you know and 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 to, to go back to what we were saying a little bit ago about about the trusted space is you can have a, a discernment mm-hmm. to determine how you want to talk about that boundary with somebody mm-hmm. And there may be an opportunity to talk about the reasoning behind, to talk about the family of origin part mm-hmm. that led to this boundary, mm-hmm. to talk about the trigger that this bound, you know, that this hits or or or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or for some people, it may not be a safe place to be able to talk about that. So you just ex- say, right. I, "I have this boundary," and you can leave it at that. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, you really hit on something there is Stephanie Tucker wrote the Christian codependence guide, and she talks about the fact that there's three type of boundary systems. There is an open boundary system where it's just wide open. There's nothing there. <laughs> I'm an open and field. I'm an open, and what happens is there's danger. You know, you, mm-hmm. there is, there is infiltration, there is danger there. And there's the closed boundary system, which is like a fortress, mm-hmm. right? right? It's only my way or the highway or anything like that. And what she, what she calls us to do as believers is to embrace a flexible boundary system that is, that has a fluidity to it while also having a care so it's like a it's like a gate instead of this walled fence or this mm-hmm. wide open space. And so understanding that um I think sometimes because as humans we want to fix the things, we can go straight to boundaries and we're missing a step. Mm. And that step is to go to God. Mm-hmm. To go to God to uh, to bring whatever has been revealed about us and about mm-hmm. the situation and go to God very specifically with that and I'm not saying that you know God speaks to me my boundaries yeah no but he certainly you know in in the psalms it says your boundary lines fall in spacious places mm-hmm. and so I know that's speaking specifically to inheritance there sure. but I think that I hold fast to that because I know that 
there are times where I need to loosen up some of my boundaries, right? That, mm-hmm. that it has a little bit more of a flexibility to it. Um, so that's why, that's why we don't want to go to the all or nothing kind of cognitive distress. It has to be this way. And this is what protection looks like, because that's another way of controlling. And so to, to move forward in seeking boundaries and to having that flexible boundary system, I want to make sure I'm not creating a life of safety for myself, that I'm allowing God to lead me in a life of health. Yeah. And that's, and that ties in well with what I talked with last week with Henry Cloud about trust. He was talking about building your trust muscle and how like trust equals vulnerability plus risk Mm -hmm. and how you have to step out Mm -hmm. in order to build trust. And you can do that little by little, but that's the same thing as opening up your boundary gate, just even just a little bit and just taking that little step. Yeah. Well, and also I do want to be really clear that there's a difference between a dysfunctional relationship, a toxic relationship and a dangerous relationship. Yes. So Mm -hmm. a dangerous relationship we're not going to have a conversation about my boundaries. No, you can keep the gate down and, exactly. and hire guards. To and come you and hire guards and that's where we come together <laughs> yeah. and that's where we have, you know, where we have protection and things like that. So I, I, I'm assuming everyone knows that that's what we're talking about, but I always want to be really clear. Dysfunction, Absolutely. toxic, and dangerous. Can you talk a little bit about the other side of the coin? Mm-hmm. If somebody comes to you mm-hmm. and says that they want to set a boundary, mm-hmm. How should you approach that? First, I'm assuming you would ask them, oh, did you listen to Megan on Doable? Yes, I mean, <laughs> and, that's what then, I'd say. But then, like, how should we approach boundaries that have been set for us? Yeah, I think I think with respect. I think definitely with respect. I have had people um, create boundaries within our relationship, and it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it mm-hmm. can feel like rejection. It can feel like judgment. It can it can send um, us any of us down a shame spiral. And and I think it's important to remember that if our goal in relationship is mutual connection and mutual edification, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. to be mindful of that, that. I want to honor what people are asking of me. And if there's a boundary or if no is a complete sentence, I don't need to, I don't need to know why unless they want to share it. And so it's, it, it, it's one of those conversations where we can ask a question or for me, um, what does that look like? And, um, so tell me, can you give me a specific ways in which I haven't done that? I feel confident in asking that question. I would not 15 years ago. Cause I'd be just trying not to cry. <laughs> sure. yeah. You know, I just be like, I'm the worst person in the world. Sure. And now it's like, look, this is this, I am, I am, I am in the process of sanctification. I am in the process of growing as a human being. And if someone needs more relational safety with me, I want to honor that. And that's, that's where we can die to self, right? That doesn't yeah. feel good. But if the desire is to create more relationship, then I've got to hear hard stuff. Mm-hmm. I have to hear hard stuff. And I think the more that, that we can process that mm-hmm. um, of why that hurts me, you know, why they needed to ask that, not with that person, that's not fair. No. Yeah. So that's, I mean, having been in on that side of the conversation, yeah. it's not my favorite. So, <laughs> yeah. but at not the love. same time, I want to, I, I want to um, respect others' process. So let's take this conversation to the life of Jesus, because as disciples, right, we always want to be pursuing being like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Do we see 
How do we see Jesus live out boundaries? Does he? Oh my gosh, he's the most amazing example of boundaries. I feel like, look, when he needed space, he he took that space. Yeah. Right. When when there was tender compassion, he poured it out. He had difficult conversations with people. He said tough things mm-hmm. to people. He called them out on nonsense and shenanigans. And he also had, you know, he had a lot to say to the bullies, right? To people yeah. who were bullying, to to people who were he had a lot to say. And also we see his heart throughout <sighs> scripture. And we see his heart also caring for all, for the bullies, for the sinners, for mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And so he is, a he is, I mean, he's not an example. He is the personhood right. of, of, of God and man. So of course he sets boundaries in a, in a significant and, and life-changing way. Yeah, no, I just, just thinking about like what you said, like he would take time away and he, there were times when the crowds came and he was there, but then there were times when the crowd and he's like, no, we need to get in the boat and yeah. go. He and was she- not formulaic. He no. was not, you know, this, no. if then, right. He was, what is needed in this moment? What is needed for me? What is needed for the people? What is needed and necessary? Not just what do I want? Mm-hmm. it's, it's what, what is the most beneficial? And I think about that too. You know, I think sometimes we think of Ephesians four twenty nine, which is don't let any unwholesome talk come out of right, your mouth. Right, right. But I always think about the second part, accept what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, according to their, their needs. And so what I'm saying is this, is this meeting a need? Is it true? Is it kind? Is it all of those things? All the good things. Um, and I do think it's helpful I mean, Jesus spoke the truth and he Mm -hmm. spoke the truth, loving the people he was talking to. Right. But he didn't try to make it nice. No. He was not nice in the nice (laughs) where I use that as not a great. I think of that deep, that depth of kindness and compassion that was based in reality and truth. Mm -hmm. So what would be then some practical tips for people who realize they probably need more boundaries in their life. Maybe they've, like, this whole conversation, they've been thinking about a certain person or people or whatever, and and uh, they're just kind of getting the courage to, you know, to step up and say, okay, I need to make these boundaries. What are some practical tips for people uh, that can help them make that move? The first is to know why. The first is to know why this is happening, to understand why do I need this boundary in this space with this person? Because when we know why, we can really relate to, is that boundary necessary and is it real? So so there is some self-examination. We yeah. don't have to beat ourselves up for wanting or needing a boundary, but to know why. And then um, Dr. Allison Cook has a great book called um, The Best of You, and she's got some really specific ways that sh- that we're encouraged. Um, and one of those is the first thing that she does, she said, prepare, mm. prepare. And the fewer words, the better, <laughs> because it can get confusing, right? So yeah. if I have a clarity of um, message, but I need to prepare and I don't need to share my entire process, all of my self-examination, but I need to know what my boundary is. I need to prepare on how to communicate that. Um, there are times where boundaries, I, I feel like in safe relationships, a face-to-face conversation is the most important. There are relationships that are not safe. 
Right. And so to, to go face to face and, and some of it can't be a conversation. If we, if we need to not engage with people in our lives, let's say that there's an addiction problem and the, the boundary is that person cannot live with us and we cannot talk to that person until that person gets help. Mm. And that boundary has been clear and everyone's like, Oh, but, but you love the addict in your life. Yes. That's love. Mm-hmm. That is loving that person. Mm. So that isn't a boundary that you go out to coffee and you have this, you know, wonderful conversation. It's like, here's what the boundary is, but you have to prepare, know the boundary, say, say a few words. Um, usually if it's a face-to-face affirm the good, Hey, um, if you and I were having a conversation, Megan, I, I, I really appreciate our friendship. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, when you stop by my office every day during the week, it's difficult for me to get my work done, but I really do enjoy talking with you. Is mm-hmm. there a way that we can have a set time carved out? So you're you're affirming the good. Yeah. You knew what you were going to say to me and you have, you have a plan of mm-hmm. what that looks like. And, and it's really important with boundaries that we tell the truth. Mm. We don't always want to tell the truth because no. the truth can really hurt. Yeah. But that's where, I mean, that's where healing abides is in the truth, in the reality of the situation. We don't have to say the truth mean we might not even need to tell the whole truth if it's not beneficial. Right. We must tell the truth because the tendency would be to create a narrative that is more comfortable for both of us. So neither one of us has to be uncomfortable. Mm. So it's, oh my gosh, I'd talk with you all the time, Megan, if you came, but you know, Jason gets real upset because I can't get my work done. That's not true, right? right? It's just stop stopping by my office, Megan. I can't, we can't talk all the time. Yeah, yeah. So so that's an example of of um, of what can be a healthy boundary. And is that going to feel good? No. Will I maybe walk around your office for the next couple of days? So I don't have to walk by it. Maybe. <laughs> and then will I feel bad that business. I hurt you? I know. That's not your business. It's my business. I get to process that. Yeah. I get to, I get to own that. Yeah. And so I think we don't want to cause pain yeah. and it's not our job. We, we don't ever seek to hurt, yeah. but if something hurts, that's not our job to fix. Yeah. yeah, that that's a whole nother. That's, that's a, a whole, whole other. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think too, remembering that shifting of starting with the yes, right? So we're saying no to this, but we have a yes. So the yes would be, I have so much work to do and I really need that space to, to do the work. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I really, can we have a set time, a half an hour every week? Yeah. So you're, you're leading with what, why? Right. Yeah, I think... It's important for it's important to remember that that boundaries as such a large spectrum. There can be seemingly little or boundaries like, "Hey, not a hugger." Yes. So can we do fist yes. bump yes. or whatever? Yeah, and that's the, a fine. That's a boundary. Yes. But there can also be, "Hey, you can't live here anymore." Yes. Like and yeah. setting that, you know, some boundaries yeah. are seem bigger than others, yes. right? And so it's important to recognize that there's a spectrum now, all of which are valid and all of which are very important in terms of different elements of your relational health with different individuals. Yes. Um, but I, I just wanted to call that out that we're not talking about one kind of no, type of boundary in specific. No, it's not just like you don't want to have be... coffee with your friend. I mean, we're talking about big things. There yeah. are big boundaries in our lives that sometimes need to be drawn. I had a family relationship where I could not be in contact with that person and it lasted two years. And and a lot of that had to do with behavior that wasn't okay. And that made me uncomfortable and affected my family. And, um, well, I, I don't want to have it 
cloaked. It was my dad who's passed and we yeah. worked through it. I just don't want like another family member to be like, what was, was it, that me? Was yeah. it me? I didn't, I <laughs> knew we hadn't talked for so long. I didn't I realize. We okay. like, no, but you know, I mean, there was, there was pain and yeah. there was yeah. the way that I never felt, I never, I felt terrible every time I spoke with him mm-hmm. and, um, and I needed to just call that out and tell the truth about it. Mm. Wow. And he was responsive. I mean, we got through it. Some of yeah. that is that's what that's what recovery looks like is yeah. you can mm-hmm. go through hard things and you can lean into hard conversations. And it doesn't all have to be pleasant. But I do believe that all conversations should be good. That the outcome would be that that I want to do good and be good. Mm-hmm. And I certainly want you to feel good. Those aren't all possible. Yeah. Right. But that would be the hope. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's a powerful reminder that, you know, just thinking about what you were saying as far as like these boundaries that come, you know, like if I share a boundary with you, it really has more to do with me than it does with you. Right. And so remembering that if somebody does share a boundary with you, it's not more, more likely than not, it has to do with their own pain, their own frustration, their own need. So it is a loving thing for me to share it with you. So what if you're in relationship with somebody and then you've stated a boundary and it gets violated? Yeah. What do you, what do you, how do you approach that? Well, I think it, you know, it definitely depends. Yeah. Um, but if you've had a clear conversation, it is not easy, but it is simple. Okay. So, and, and you, you, you revisit that conversation. Mm-hmm. Remember Megan, when I said, please don't stop by my office and yeah. you're stopping by my office it's great to see you, but I, I need you to, to keep a move on. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it's the revisiting of those boundaries. I need it's, you to keep a move on. Keep a move on. Just, just, just keep to, those wheels just rolling. Keep a walking down the hall. <laughs> by, by the way, I don't stop by Linda's office all the time and try to talk to her. I just want to be really clear. Yeah. <laughs> we're, and I'm we're friends. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but, um, so I think it's, it's, if, if people, sometimes people forget and that's one thing, and if people are not honoring our boundaries, those are, that's a deeper, that's a deeper problem. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. That's, that's a person who does not care about what I'm saying, what I'm stating for my safety, for my well being, for my health. And, um, and so then that, that might not be a map boundary. That might be a severing of relationship. Wow. When boundaries are consistently overstepped. And I mean, consistently, habitually, when you have a person in your life that does not respect very clear boundaries, mm-hmm. um, and we keep putting them down, we keep laying down boundaries or new boundaries or trying to redefine those boundaries. I would, I would like to suggest that people would consider that you're trying to change the person, not create a boundary for yourself. Mm-hmm. When our boundaries are, are the desire is to change or fix that person. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where those boundaries are actually not falling in spacious, pleasant places. Those are us trying to create boundaries that only God can create. So mm-hmm. if someone's overstepping my boundaries consistently, donezo. Like I, I don't, I'm not a mean person, but I will not, if, if I've, if I've asked someone repeatedly to please honor something that I have stated mm-hmm. for my personal health and safety, and they are blowing through that all the time. That's not a person I want to be in relationship with. And that's where it gets yucky. That's where it feels like, yeah, "Yeah, but we're called to love. I can so love someone from afar. I can love them better (laughs) from afar. Yeah. I can sometimes love them better from afar. And, um, and again, those are, that's when it's like, there is no mutual respect. There isn't. Right. 
you know, people can can not like our boundary and push up against it a little bit. And that's okay. You just keep having that conversation. It's when there's just a willful mm. ignoring of it. Yeah. I would just remind you, it's not that you're not in this alone. Yes. In this act of boundary setting, having to think through all this stuff. Mm. So, you know, as Megan said uh, a few times, make sure you talk to God about it. Bring it to God wants to talk with you about it. Mm. He wants to work with you through it. He wants you. He wants to help you with wisdom and discernment as you are trying to process what sort of boundary to set in this area that you're having a hard time with. Yeah. Um, but also to seek wise counsel with yes. it too. My wife and I have done that before, where we have gone and we have met with another couple to talk with or to talk about different situations and get mm-hmm. that counsel and. And it's, it's, um, there's a lot of wisdom to be shared and to be had, and God can use other people to help you process things. So make sure to, um, engage with both of those. Talk with God about it. Talk Mm -hmm. with some other trusted Mm -hmm. people about it and you, that you're not in this alone. Right. Um, second thing that I I wanted to, oh, what was it? (laughs) I would say come back to me, but we're at the end of our conversation. (laughs) Um, there's something about getting started. I don't know. I'm sure it'll, (laughs) I'm sure it was great. (laughs) Well, I will say this, that I think most people would concede that they need boundaries in their lives, but not everyone is always ready to change the relationship Yeah, Mm. because we, we, there are, you know, there's dysfunction that we understand and to change that dysfunction is uncomfortable for us, even though we know that we're called to a different way of living. And so if we're, if, if, if a person is, it knows they need boundaries, but isn't ready to actually follow through on those boundaries. Yeah. That's something that this isn't something you just want to blow into. Yeah. Mm -mm. This is something, and that's where the self-examination piece is so important the the speaking with wise counsel, seeking God's wisdom and discernment is really important because I know that the, there is one person in everyone's mind right now. There, there always is. We've got the one relationship that we love or that, but that feels that feels really difficult and painful and is hurting. And we have more than one, but there's the one that pops into the head the minute you talk about boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we can do to kind of um, detract from this situation is to not be all in. It's to not be all in. Mm -hmm. It's not like you dab a toe into boundaries. You need to in that relationship. Now, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't can't make a mistake or you're going to mess it up. But we can know that we need it and not be ready for it. And that's where we can invite God into, Lord, I know you want this to change. I don't know why I'm holding on to this. I don't know why I'm afraid to change this. Reveal to me, show to me why, show me why I don't want to set that boundary. Because yeah. many times our family of origins or certain relationships have, have, um, our, our lens isn't clear this side mm-hmm. of heaven, mm-hmm. the way we're filtering relationships and information. And so we, we have a lot of pain and hurt that we're bringing into our relationships mm-hmm. and some of it has not been excavated and it's informing how we're behaving and relationships that we're allowing into our life. I know, um, for me as an adult child of family dysfunction, I've really had growing up with two addicts as parents, I had, I mean, gosh, if things were not a total crisis, I didn't know how to live my life. I was like, I got addicted to the crisis. Well, yeah, it's familiar. Yeah, it's It's familiar. I know what this feels like. Right. 
And so, you know, all of those things, there's, there's deep soul work to be done and, and to not be afraid to do it because we are not alone in it. Yeah. I think that's, that's the key. Yeah. I remembered what I was going to say, and okay. it was kind of piggybacking off of, off of what you were just saying, Megan, which is that it can, if you've never done the act of intentionally setting boundaries before, it can feel very difficult, mm-hmm. but like with trust, it is a muscle that can grow and develop. And so that the after, after you set boundaries, it becomes a little bit easier. And I think, that, I think a big part of that is dealing with that self-confidence of being, of knowing how to focus in mm-hmm. on the relationship mm-hmm. and how to still maintain that healthy relationship, even by setting boundaries. Yeah. And it becomes, you know, because your first time it can be very scary because you don't want to make the other person angry or you don't want them to cry and mm-hmm. you don't want, you know, a broken relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. But after after you've set some boundaries and you've been doing it for, you know, over a period of time, mm-hmm. you become more aware of how to relationally uh, talk about the boundary. Right. And, and knowing that everybody is different and every interaction will be different, but you'll have a little bit more confidence right. in knowing that what you're doing is good yes. and is for the betterment of the relationship. Right. right. And that comes from deep sense of identity and yeah. attachment and who we are. I can be more confident and courageous yeah. mm-hmm. the more I know who I am, mm-hmm. the more yeah. I know, even if you reject me. I, I, this is who I am and knowing mm-hmm. my intention. And I think that's why boundaries sometimes feel bad because we, we don't know why we're doing it yeah. Yeah. or we know why we're doing it. It's actually not a boundary. It's, yeah. it's something else. Also yeah, it's probably control. pretty, pretty difficult for somebody who struggles with codependency. Oh, terrible. I mean, <laughs> let me tell you boundaries. I can talk about it cause I'm still learning how to do it. This was my, my big thing was learning no as a complete sentence. Yeah. yeah. Recognizing that I don't want to be anyone's savior. And so there are there are middle of the night phone calls that I will not take Mm -hmm. because I want them to come to the end of themselves and they will meet God there. And if I keep pushing in and overstepping what should be a boundary, I I'm, I'm hurting them. I'm not helping them. But yeah, as a person who struggles with um, an addiction to people and what they think of me, yeah, boundaries are real hard. (laughs) (laughs) What was that book that you mentioned? The Christian guy? Dr. Allison Cook last year, she came out with a great book called The Best of You. It's specifically written for women in the church who struggle with, with, codependency. I think anyone could read it. And then, um, I mentioned Stephanie Tucker's book. It's called the Christian codependency recovery workbook. That's more like a workbook. She's got some interesting, compelling things, but it focuses specifically on codependency. She just talks about boundaries too. Okay. So look in the show notes, look for the best of you, look for the Christian codependency handbook, look for boundaries, look for trust. And, uh, I think that probably covers all of the, all of the goodies in, uh, in the show notes. Megan, thank you so much, as always, for your time. We love having you with us on the show. You'll be back again soon, I'm I sure. So. I love you guys. It's always my best like hour of the week when I get Aww. to spend it with you. Oh, so thank you guys. Good. Thanks for having me. On the calendar, we have an episode dedicated to celebrate recovery. So It's coming. I, Ooh. <laughs> uh, in June, I think. So I don't think I'll need as many Post-its. I was going to ask I, if I, you I, had I covered all. See. I, if I you're so listening right now, you can't see, but there's probably 25 <laughs> Post-it notes in front of Megan, which is how she, <laughs> how she has her notes. I like to be conversation which is great um I, I hope you were able to get through them all um megan again thank you Thanks. uh friends we love you and we will be back uh, with another episode of doable discipleship next tuesday
If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.